Welcome to the Sing Better Fast podcast, the podcast exclusively for serious and passionate vocalists. You are now part of a professional group of smart and motivated singers who want to become masters of the voice and inspire millions with our music. Get all of our podcast episodes, notifications for upcoming events, new podcast releases, and other vocal resources at singbetterfast.com. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Vendera and Ben Valen. Hey everyone, Ben Balin here. I got Jamie with me, and uh, Jamie's practicing his uh, raising his soft palate. He's uh, yawn, <laughs> yawning there. All right, that's so be- yeah, go ahead. That's because I was practicing that big nap, and I almost forgot about our uh, recording today. <laughs> get, get on this podcast. Get on this podcast right now. I can't see. I can't even talk. I'm still not uh, totally awake. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm, I'm kind of a kind of a bossy, annoying guy. But um, get things done. <laughs> that, that, that's that's why that's why Jamie tolerates me. So, all right. Um, so uh, I have a topic I want to talk about, and this is inspired by um, some one of my students that I've been working with. Uh, we've been working on the topics of building confidence um, in your own voice and overcoming stage fright. So I have a lot of things that I've been doing with the singer to help him uh, develop confidence. So I just want to share these. And uh, as you're listening to me, some of these might sound scary or spooky. If you feel that way, then that tells me you need to work on building your confidence and overcoming stage fright. So this is just the podcast for you. So, all right, I have several um, ways to do this. And so I'm just gonna run through them. So I'm gonna start with um, the first way to sort of build your confidence and overcome stage fright is just to start singing for people. What I've done with one of my students is uh, every time we have a lesson, I have him sing just sing for me. And it's and I'm not doing it in a judgmental way and I'm not like gonna nitpick everything as he's doing it or stop him or whatever. What I'm trying to do is get him to be comfortable having an audience. What I want singers to do whenever I do this is to kind of shake off the nerves and sort of get in the zone a bit when it comes to singing because you know, when you first start your performance, you know, some people beforehand, they'll be throwing up or whatever and just freaking out or whatever. But once you kind of get into it, it's not that bad. Um, it's kind of almost like, <laughs> in a way, it's kind of like getting into a swimming pool. You know, some people are like, oh no, it's going to be so cold. But once you get in, you start moving, then it, the you know, the water ends up being just fine. So that's one of the things I did is uh, having this lesson, uh, these lessons rather, with this singer. Uh, we, I've had him sing for me multiple times, and uh, I've given him songs to sing. And sometimes I kind of throw a curveball and I say, hey, sing this song. He's like, oh, I haven't sung that song ever cool, pull up a lyric video (laughs) and do your best, just sing along with it. And, uh, and and for him, that has been a big confidence builder. And, uh, so that, so that's, that's the the first way. Now, um, that basically requires, um, in order to use this method, this basically requires having someone who can listen to you, who understands that you're in, you're in a learning process and who understands that not everything is going to sound perfect. (laughs) Jamie's got his kitty on his lap. Oh man, you threw me off. Um, so it requires having someone who can listen to you who uh, isn't going to be judgmental and isn't going to nitpick because basically what you're doing is you're almost, it's kind of practice. And when you're practicing, here's a nugget, here's a writer downer. Practice doesn't have to sound good. Practice doesn't have to sound perfect. Oftentimes practice sounds bad or it sounds gross or it sounds dumb. That's okay. It's just practice. 
So don't worry about it. So basically what, what I have these singers do is you're basically practicing your confidence in a way by singing uh, in front of, you know, it could be me, it could be Jamie, it could be some other coach that you trust. And, or it could just be, you know, a friend or family member, someone who knows what you're doing is supportive and isn't going to cut you down and criticize and nitpick every little thing. And one thing I do whenever I do this with singers is I do not interrupt them and tell them to, oh, check your technique or, oh, you didn't do that very well. I don't do that. It's just to build confidence. So even if the technique isn't perfect, even if the pitch isn't perfect, I don't care at the moment because that's not what we're working on. What we're working on is developing confidence. So, uh, Jamie, you sound like you sound like you have something to say there. No, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, when I first started playing, and I mean, I sang since I was a kid. And here's the weird thing: when you're when you're a child, you're so uninhibited, you don't think about the things we do as an adult. How will they judge me? I remember falling in love with Elvis Presley, and my family they used to egg it on. I would get on coffee tables and dance, and I would pretend I was Elvis Presley and sing. I joined choir. I'd sing out, and it didn't happen. We've told this story before. We actually just told it for the songwriting class where a friend of mine had um, kind of put me down when I was 14. I was singing along the radio. Yeah. He's like, what are you doing? You need to shut up. You can't sing, blah, 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 blah. So I kind of got away from it, and so I, I joined this band called Flint, and I joined as a keyboard player. I didn't join to sing. So Moni Moni had just come out, and they knew it was going to be big. And so we're downstairs in Donnie Banks' um, um, house practicing it. We do it a couple times. He sings it. And I, I don't know what came over me. I said, I raised my hand like, you know, I'm in class <laughs> with these adults because they're twice my age. I said, do you mind? Can I try singing it? They're like, sure. Give me a break. That'd be great. And I sang it. And then afterwards, everybody got quiet. And I got really paranoid, like, oh, man, did I suck? And the guitarist, uh, Billy Massey, he looked at me and he laughed. He says, James, you've been holding out on us. And that got me over the hump and I started playing. But when we started playing out, I was still very uh, insecure. I would like we'd be doing talk dirty to me or back in black or whatever it was in the 80s. Uh, I would be singing, smoking in the boys room. And I would stand there at the microphone and just close my eyes and I would sing and not even move. And eventually I got a wireless, something happened and I just talked to myself and I actually still use this to this day. I started going to the club. We were setting up and I'd look out and the club was empty and I would picture the club full and I'd see myself running around acting like David Lee Roth or somebody, uh, you know, and that's what I would do. I would visualize before I did it. And then we act, I started acting that way. I would get on stage. We do all these cover tunes. I'd run around and we started getting more gigs. People are like, that kid's wild. He dances on tables. He does this and that. And you just got to accept the fear because guys um, and Scotty, since we both worked with him, it, this is a good thing. Fear is a good thing. Stage fright is a good thing. I'm scared every time I do a TV show. I'm scared every time I do a workshop. That's nervous energy. You can either let it mess you up and shut your throat down and make your stomach hurt, or you can take that nervous energy and use it to fuel your body and boost that adrenaline and do the most amazing performance you've ever done. So, of course, you can practice. You need to practice in front of people. But you need to visualize. You need to see it as it's already done and you've done an amazing performance and accept that you are nervous. If you're not nervous, then you don't care about singing. 
you know, it's just, just how we're, that's how we're wired as humans. So, that, and that's that, all I got to say about that. That sounds like something straight out of the, uh, the book, raise your voice. Um, and, and I only say that because I've read it and I recognize what's in there. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say I'm pushing the book or anything, but, <laughs> but yeah, so, so, um, and now that, now that, so when you started your story, you're talking about when you're a little kid, I can just imagine baby Vendera in a diaper, you know, standing on a, on a, on a coffee table doing the hip gyration thing that Elvis <laughs> is doing. <laughs> um, and that's right. about what it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so that's, that's one thing you can sing for someone, um, one person, two people, um, and just sing, um, you know, you can sing for a coach, you know, you can sing for a friend, but again, just sing for someone who understands what you're doing and isn't going to cut you down or, you know, make it, you know, a bad experience. So now for some people getting a lesson like with Jamie or me, um, you know, might be out of your price range. We, d we don't charge the cheapest lessons, you know, in the world. Um, and there's a reason for that. But what you can do is can allow people to hear you. And so in the Vendera Vocal Academy, uh, one of the benefits that we offer to our members is you can send in a record. One of the things you can do as uh, part of your academy membership is send in a recording and Jamie and or I will listen to it and we'll give you feedback on it. You know, what was good, what needs uh, to be improved, et cetera. And uh, whenever you submit these critiques, you can keep them private. So the only people who see them are you and us. And, or if you want, you can make it public so that other members of the Vendera Vocal Academy uh, can learn, they can hear you and then they can uh, read, you know, whatever we say in response. And so one of the ways um, that I recommend singers who are in the academy, at least, um, or even if you're not in the academy, get in the academy, that way you can submit a critique. Um, and then you're able to, you know, submit something, you know, read whatever we said, and then you can learn from it. And then you can submit a critique, you know, the next month and whatever. And so that allows you to improve. So it has several benefits. One, it allows you to improve and it gives you personalized feedback, much like a lesson would. But the other thing is, it's another way to kind of help build your confidence because there's other people listening to you. Now, it's not a public critique if you choose to keep it private. So that means, again, only Jamie can hear it. Or if you want me to listen to it, then I'll also listen to it. Um, so that's another thing. Now the and, next, and you can submit uh, MP3 or a video. So uh, yep. you know that's that's the entire reason I was bringing up playing out and performing and seeing it. Uh, if because I knew you were going to mention critiques, if you want to submit a critique and you're already playing out, because so some of you listening to this uh, are playing out, maybe you're a singer songwriter or something, but you're still not sure, you're still having confidence issues, then submit a video critique. Let me let us see you performing so that we can work with you in that aspect. Yeah. And then, um, okay. So the next step up, I guess, in, uh, spookiness in scariness, um, would be to, to do basically the same thing, but in a slightly bigger audience. So, um, one of the things, so as I mentioned, we have critiques, so you can keep, keep them private, but you can also make them public. So one of the things I'm having one of my students do is submit a private critique, then a month or two later, submit a public critique in the academy. That way, other members of the academy can listen to it. And uh, so we're sort of incrementally building. We're, we're trying to develop the singer's confidence and uh, get him able to better perform in front of people. Now, another thing you can do is the two-on-two -two lesson. Now, this is another benefit that comes with the Vendera Vocal Academy. So the way it works is there are two-on-two -two lessons. And what we do is we get on a group call a group video call. It'll be two coaches 
and two uh, singers, two students, right? And so uh, it's an hour long and one first singer, the first student gets half an hour, then the second singer gets half an hour. And so it's all four of us all on the group call together. And so you get, so basically the first singer, you know, you can do some exercises, you could sing a song, you, whatever it is. Uh, and then you get feedback from two coaches. So our first couple, it's been Jamie and me as the two coaches, but uh, down the road, we're going to start incorporating our other Vendera Vocal Academy coaches. That way you can hear from a variety of different people. So the reason this is a step up in sort of how public it is, is the two-on-two -two lessons, we don't charge extra for those, but in exchange, we we do ask your permission to uh, share the video in the Vendera Vocal Academy. So it's a, it's a two, two coaches, two uh, singer students, and then we work on whatever you want, and then we post the recording in the school so that other people are able to sing, or sorry, learn from it. This has uh, the same benefits basically as the critique. You get personalized feedback from us, but you also get to learn, the two singer students on the call get to learn from each other, but also anyone can go watch the replay and then learn from them, and the singers who are on the call it's another confidence building exercise, right? You, you have to, you know, get comfortable kind of uh, being in that type of setting, knowing that you will be watched. Uh, so that's, that's the next thing that we do. So the next step up would be some type of public performance. And so there are several ways to do this. And uh, this is a little bit spooky still, um, but this is kind of the next step. With this one singer that I'm working with, I'm having him submit a private critique and then one or two months later, do the public critique. And then one or two months later, I had him commit to do a karaoke performance. So he told me on X date, I'm submitting my first critique. On Y date, I'm submitting my second. And on Z date, I'm going to karaoke night. And so um, so I had him set this de these deadlines. I had him pick the dates. Um, and I told him to tell me what they were. And also while we're doing this, you know, we're still going to have a few lessons here and there in order to uh, in a, that I can get him to sing for me some more. Um, but we want to get over this fear, right? So uh, how do we perform for a bigger group? Um, one of the things obviously you can do is go to karaoke night. Now, the one thing I will say about karaoke night is when you go to karaoke night, a lot of the people, they're not paying a ton of attention to whoever's singing. You know, everyone's there, you know, probably drinking or hanging out with their friends or playing pool or whatever. So um, if you go to karaoke night and you don't do super amazingly well, don't sweat it. Most people aren't going to remember because here's here's what does not happen when you go to karaoke night. OK, you go to karaoke night. You don't do very well. Everyone gets angry and they start throwing tomatoes right at your face. And then you get covered in tomato and then you get booed off the stage. And then you have to go back to your car in shame and you go home and then you and then and then you want to come back the next week or a month later. And then you walk in and then everyone says, hey, it's that guy. He really sucked. And then and then everyone starts throwing more tomatoes and, and they brought and they brought big baskets of tomatoes just in case you showed up. That way they could clobber you with them. OK, that's what doesn't happen. OK, if you go to karaoke night and you don't do well. Who cares? No one cares. Nobody knows. No one's going to remember. Um, I actually remember I did go to a karaoke night when I was uh, probably 19 or something. And uh, there was this one song that I thought I would be able to do, but my voice was kind of dry and the notes were a little bit higher. Like I hadn't sung the song in a while and they were a little higher than I remembered. And so I just, it was terrible. I was cracking and breaking and 
you know, sing, flipping into falsetto and switching to falsetto and trying to sing a lower note on some of them. And it was just, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a disaster. But my friends that I went with, they were like, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, no big deal. Um, and I was a little shaken up after, but what I noticed is no one cared. No one was even really listening, you know? I mean, whatever. Uh, so, so with karaoke night, you can't, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, you just reminded me of a story. I'll tell it in a minute. Okay. So yeah, with karaoke night, don't sweat it. If you are a little bit afraid, like, oh, what if I run into someone I know, you know, or whatever at karaoke night, fine. Then go to karaoke night the next town over. Like, you know, take a 20 minute drive or however long it takes you to get to the next place. Uh, and don't worry about it. Um, you could also get one of those little karaoke machine type of things, you know, and just do it in your garage by yourself. Um, and just like pretend, visualize that you're in front of uh, a crowd. So anyway, Jamie, what's your story? Well, now remind me of two things. Actually, I got some friends and they're not professional singers. They're not even good singers, but they love to sing. And they, uh, one of my friends has a karaoke machine and will have parties and have people over. And he, he's not a good singer, but he, it's it's enjoyable. It's not like, yeah, because he has so much fun. He's yeah. uninhibited like when he's a child. I remember um, playing in this bar down close to Cincinnati, Ohio. And like you said, people don't remember. Well, I remember the first set, and this is back on, on some of you are not going to believe this, but, you know, every once in a while, I'd, I'd smoke some pot or drink some whiskey or something back in my rock star days. Um, so, you know, bad influences, but having fun. I don't do any of that now. So one particular night, I was I was pretty out of it. And so we do like 45 minute sets and we're coming off. And everybody was clapping and people were like, oh, man, Jamie's so awesome. And these are so great when he sings Def Leppard and da, 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 da. We had a light man uh, who ran lights, uh, Gary Gamble. This guy was huge. He's like six foot five, almost 300 pounds, just a monster. And I walk off and I'm, I'm still I'm drunk. Uh, you know, I'm buzzing. And he walks up to me, looks down at me. He says, man, you're rocking tonight, aren't you? And I say, yeah. He says, you're sounding amazing tonight, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. And he grabs me and shakes me. And he says, you sound like S-H-I-T. He said, when are you going to straighten up and mature and quit getting drunk and, and smoking dope before you perform because you are very talented? And now that you do this stuff, uh, you sound horrible when you do it. You're not doing a good job. And you're wasting uh, the the talent and the skill that you have. I swear to you, Ben, I sobered up in that instant because I thought he was going to beat me to the ground. <laughs> but that was I'm telling this story because it's it's very important. I know many people. They're like, I don't have the tr trouble. I know a rock star. I'm not even. I can't say his name. Uh, but if you're listening, you know I'm referring to you. He says, "Man, every time I, right before I go on stage, even to this day, with training from me, he does a shot of Jägermeister." He's like, Jamie, it just, it relaxes me. And da, da, da. Listen, I'm not going to, I'm not here to play monk and tell you what to do. Um, I mean, I can tell you what alcohol is going to do your throat and dry you out, but you don't need these substances to relax and get you in, in the mood to be a performer. You just have to face that fear. So once Gary did that to me, I quit drinking. I, I stayed totally sober totally straight when I'm doing uh, or when I was doing performances with that band and it made the world of difference. I couldn't believe it. I actually got into it. I didn't know anything about vocal technique back then, but I, I could feel my voice. 
And I knew when I was on one and what I had to do to kind of place it in the right uh, position to do it. And I cared about my voice. So, um, yeah, again, that's all I get to say about that. <laughs> I like to say this as a jabber so much. <laughs> so, um, so these are, these are some things you can do to build confidence and overcome stage fright. Now there's one other thing uh, that we have not yet done. So here's a little teaser, but this is something that I want to do uh, towards the end of this year, probably in November or so. Um, I want to do a recital. And so we're going to do it in the Vendera Vocal Academy. And it's going to be like our regular group calls. And we're going to have a handful of singers on. Now, no one has to do this. So if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. But if you are a member and you do want to work on building confidence and overcoming stage fright, then I want to have a recital where we're going to have some coaches and some uh, singers uh, who are in the school just sing a song. Each person just sing a song. And uh, you don't need to have, I mean, it'd be good if you had a decent microphone, but you don't have to go, you know, buy the top of the line thing and, you know, maybe some kind of camera. But when we do this, it's, it's a, it's not a judgmental thing. It's not a, we're not looking for people to fail. Um, it's, it's a confidence builder, right? And so we have a, one of the nice things about our academy is that everyone is very helpful. Everyone's very uplifting. Everyone has a lot of fun and it's not, uh, you know, everyone's at different stages in their path uh, on developing their voices. And so, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, you don't have to be a, a perfect singer in order to do this. Um, and so that's one thing we, we want to offer. Uh, we're still working on the details and it will be a while because I have a lot of stuff I'm doing this year. And so does Jamie. Um, but that is something that we are going to offer. I am planning probably November um, is when we want to do this. And so that's going to be one other th And also there won't be an extra charge to participate in that or whatever. Um, but that's one other thing. And then uh, whenever we, uh, ugh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to organize a workshop this year, but most likely we'll get one in, in uh, 2020. And uh, I, I want to do an actual recital live in person um, where we're going to have a workshop and, you know, have people singing uh, there. So, you know, it's basically stepping stones. You kind of have to um, just kind of get over the stage fright. Now, another thing is for some people, the stage fright isn't so much necessarily the singing part. It's just being in front of a group and having to do anything. So if that's the case, you know, you can certainly look into giving some type of presentations. You know, you could check out your Toastmasters and, you know, your local Toastmasters is a, is a, is a group that basically helps people learn to speak in public and speak to groups. Um, so Jamie and I are used to, you know, presenting to groups at this point. Um, but for some people, it's terrifying the idea of going up on stage and presenting an idea or, you know, making a speech or whatever. So you could also, you know, kind of help overcome stage fright for singing just by going up on stage and speaking, uh, speaking to a group of 10, 20, a hundred people, whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, those are just some different things you can do. And one other thing is I like to think of it as, uh, almost putting on a superhero costume, right? So you have uh, Superman, you have Clark Kent, uh, you know, the, the very nice kind of quiet guy. And then you have Superman who goes out and saves the world, right? So Clark Kent, he's very reserved. You know, he's kind of awkward with women, right? He he doesn't really interact much, but Superman, he goes out there and kicks butt and takes, takes names. So um, what you can do is, uh, you know, kind of as a symbol, you can almost have like a superhero costume of some kind uh, that we've talked about in previous podcasts. Like you could have a specific... Uh, you know, way that you dress or, you know, a pendant or what, you know, whatever it might be 
that gets you in your in your singer persona, in your rock star persona, so that yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm usually kind of so like you could have your your personal self that you just kind of keep to yourself, but whenever you're in rock star mode, you're in rock star mode, and your rock star self has no problem going out, you know, in front of people and just, uh, you know, killing it on stage. So that's just, that's another way that you can sort of, uh, overcome that, that hurdle. That's actually something that a lot of your, uh, favorite singers actually do, you know, they, and they'll talk about that when they step on stage, uh, that they are, they're very nervous, but they're putting on uh, a coat or a suit, uh, to become somebody else because in, in essence, it is a persona. I mean, you could look at it like uh, Kiss, you know, putting on the makeup or Alice Cooper uh, doing his show or Ghost or Slipknot or whoever, whoever it is that you're into that puts on a different persona to present themselves. But um, have fun is the bottom line. Uh, now, earlier I rambled on and said a lot of this stuff. Another thing is when you are putting on that coat and just to mention this so you know, this is another tip always visualize the performance like um a lot of you are too young to remember this but then we had the stuff called vhs tape <laughs> and we'd put in these videos and you could hit you could push play and you could hit fast forward and the movie go like it go in fast speed and you could watch everybody moving really fast so whenever i'm doing a performance whenever i'm doing a, a tv show or workshop i'll look out even if the room is not filled yet i'll look out and then i'll, I'll go back and i'll breathe I'll, I'll i'll like take deep breaths and i'll vocalize i'll do a lot of lip bubbles and i'll visualize i'll actually close my eyes and i'll see the show actually happening but it's almost like i push fast forward as the vhs tape is playing and the in the show is going like in fast motion so that you know a 20 minute show is done in in 15 seconds and i always end with the people from the crowd coming up to me and praising me and saying oh wow that was amazing i can't believe how amazing you did and that's not an ego thing that is to help boost your confidence so that you feel because you know we love to sing but you know let's be honest we're human so we are doing it for the praise and acceptance we do want people to love what we do so that's why i do that try it the next time you're you're singing karaoke or out with your band or singing with your church choir or shattering glass on a tv show whatever it may be that you're doing uh use that technique so I uh, hope everyone found that helpful. These are just some ideas on building confidence and overcoming stage fright. Oh, and also there's another really good way I forgot to mention to uh, build your confidence with your your voice. And that is practice a whole lot and get really good at vocal technique. Um, and if you uh, don't know where to look for that, hint, hint, wink, wink, uh, Vendera Vocal Academy, V24, the four-week vocal break eraser are all excellent starts. The Raise Your Voice book uh, are great places to start if you're looking to improve your vocal technique and improve your stamina, range, uh, pitch, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I would recommend checking those out. And you can find some links to those at singbetterfast.com. And also at singbetterfast.com, you find all of our other podcast episodes. This one is, what are we at? Number 58, 59? I think this is number 59. So we've done a lot of podcast episodes. So be sure to check those out. Yeah, I hope this was useful and helpful for everyone. We'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. Be sure to subscribe for new podcast releases, events, and other great vocal resources at singbetterfast.com.